This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. This morning, Brother Matt gave an excellent lesson on the Old Testament uh, character of Jonah. And uh, this afternoon, we want to look at another Old Testament character, a uh, little bit less well-known, but nevertheless, we can learn several lessons from his story and from his life. But before we get into that, um, I'll have most of the verses on the PowerPoint, but I want to draw your minds to a couple verses uh, to reflect on um, that won't be on the PowerPoint before we get started. And the first one is in uh, Romans 15, <coughs> starting in or verse number 4, which reads, For what, whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through the patient and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. So as we go through this lesson this afternoon, we need to remember um, that the Old Testament isn't uh, something that was written just for us to see some cool stories. Um, many times, if you're like me, we look back on the children of Israel and things that went on in the Old Testament, and we just we have a hard time relating because of how, how different of a time they lived in. Um, but they, these things were written so that we could learn. Um, and then in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, <clears throat> verse number 11, this is a little bit more applicable to our particular story. Uh, here in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul is writing um, about the Old Testament. <clears throat> and in verse number 11, he says, Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And so this afternoon, we're going to look at the story of Achan, and we're going to find that um, what was written was written uh, for our admonition, for our learning, that we can learn from the mistakes that he made um, about sin and about the consequences of sin. And so before we get into our scriptures, uh, we're going to give some background and uh, kind of lay out how this story comes about. And so to get the proper context, we need to go back to the children of Israel being in the land of Egypt. And so they're in the land of Egypt um, and God sends Moses and the plagues to free them. Um, and upon their departure from the land of Egypt, they go through the Red Sea, um, and the Egyptian army is destroyed in the Red Sea. And after all this, they get to the land of Jericho, the land that God had promised them, and they send out 12 spies. And these 12 spies go out, they look at the land, and 10 of these 12 spies come back and say, we, we can't do this. These people are too big, they're too great, um, and despite everything God had done for them, was doing for them, they, they didn't think it was possible. So because of this, God cursed, God forced them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, and everyone over a certain age died. And then, after that 40 years, Joshua, one of the two spies who had faith in God, um, who believed they could take the land, is now leading the children of Israel to take the land of Jericho. And before they take it, um, God gives them a command before um, they have won the battle. That is, all the silver, the gold, the vessels of bronze, the iron, basically all these valuable things that were going to be in the city were for him. And that the people were to take it and put it in his treasury. Um, but as they took the land, um, after, after they conquered, so they, they marched around the city seven, time, uh, seven days, and on the seventh day they did it seven times. And just as God said, they, they conquered them. So they, they won this city. 
And as they went through the land, uh, the story unfolds that Achan disobeys this command that was to let all the valuable things be for, for God. He took some of those things and put them in his own tent. And so following this sin, um, the children of Israel, they lead an attack on the city called Ai. <clears throat> and this city was, in fact, so small that they, they got amongst themselves and they said, we don't even really need to bring our whole army. Um, just a part of the army will be able to take this city. But the people had sinned against the Lord, and because of this, his back was turned on them. And because of that, 36 men were killed, and the children of Israel were defeated. Um, and the Bible records that their hearts melted like water after this defeat. And Joshua, he goes to the Lord, he tears his clothes, and he, he questions God. He says, why have you done this to us? Scripture records that he, he's... He's saying, since we couldn't even win this battle against this small city, these, these stronger cities are going to come and destroy us. You know, he's worried for the, the people, not just for the people that already died, but he's worried that their whole, uh, the entire nation, nation of Israel will be destroyed because of this. And this is where we're going to go to uh, pick up in Joshua chapter 7, starting in verse number 10. <clears throat> so the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of some of the accursed things, and have both stolen and deceived. And they have put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their back before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you any more, unless you destroy the accursed thing from among you. So we haven't directly been introduced to Achan's character um, yet, but... As we're going to find out, Achan was the one that sinned. Achan was the one that took, um, took of the things that they were not supposed to. And just as we are guilty of violating God's commands today to satisfy our own fleshly desires, our own fleshly wants, Achan made that same mistake. And I ask myself, and I ask you today, how many times do we, do we look at things that other people have um, or that maybe we just, something that we want, and we let it create bitterness, jealousy, in our lives. This is the same type of thing that Achan did. He saw these items and he, he wanted them for himself. And we at times can do the same thing. And we can we need to relate to Achan here because this is an easy sin to fall into. Luke chapter 12 verse number 15, Jesus <clears throat> speaking says, and he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses. There's a reason that we give a, get a warning from Christ about covetousness. It's a real sin, and it's something that we can easily get caught up with in our lives. We know it's dangerous, but how many times do we get so focused on getting a nicer car or a bigger house or the big promotion, maybe that, that degree that we want? These worldly focuses are the exact thing that led Achan to sin against God. Um, he saw that he could gain some physical blessings and some things from violating um, God's command, and he did so. Each and every one of us has committed sin. And just as we're going to see, price has, a price has to be paid. <clears throat> and so, also, another thing to consider here is that um, at the core of all sin is, is the same issue. You see, Achan, he made the decision to put God's word second and put his own uh, greed first. And whether we struggle with covetousness, whether we struggle with pride, whether we struggle with bitterness, whatever that may be, 
When we choose to do something above serving God, we are committing idolatry. We are serving something over serving God. I think of the greatest commandment in Mark chapter 12, verse number 30, 30 and 31. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. See, when we, when we do something that's sin, we're disobeying that. Because if we loved God as we should in that way, then we would not be committing the sins that we often do. <clears throat> we're going to see uh, that God does not treat sin lightly. And that's a good, a, a, a good lesson to learn from the story. Joshua Continuing in the story, verse num- chapter 7, verse number 14, <clears throat> it says, In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families. And the family which the Lord takes shall come by household. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. He and all that he has, because he transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. God doesn't take this sin lightly that Achan commits. Um, once Achan violated that clear command that God had set before them, he laid out that punishment was going to come, that there was no avoiding this now. The, the covenant had been broken, and that punishment was on its way. So as we continue in the story, I'm going to summarize the next few parts. Joshua did exactly as he's commanded here. He brought the, family, the, the children of Israel out by family, then he brought them, narrowed them down to household, and then person by person. And once Achan was the last one there, the last one standing, Joshua begs him. He says, confess your sin before the Lord. Don't hide this from us any longer. And so upon this, Achan does make the confession, stating that he saw 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold, and a garment, and that he hid them under his tent. So Joshua sends men to confirm this story. Um, they go out, they go under his tent, they find this to be true. And now Achan's sin is in the open. And we need to keep in mind that he didn't come forward and confess this out of a guilty conscience, but rather he was forced. He was the last one. He was the only one left. And, and God had shown that Achan had committed the sin. So the sin is out, but, but God is a just God. And there's a price that has to be paid. And we're going to see that unfold here in Joshua chapter 7, verses 24 and 25. Then Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkey, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Accor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. So we need to take this with very, ser- I mean, very seriously. And this, and in all honesty, this part of the story is why this story has always stuck out to me because of the punishment that came. You know, Achan did not just die, but his whole family, his his children, his possessions, all of it stoned and burned. And despite the fact that we're going to get into later about forgiveness and the opportunity we have through Christ to find forgiveness, there are some things in life that are going to result from our sin that aren't going to be undone. Physical consequences that come with sin that we have to endure. And we see this in the world around us. We see things like drunk driving, 
school shootings, things that, um, aren't, that people who are innocent die from other people's sins. Um, in Luke 13, verse number four, Jesus talks about um, the Tower of Siloam that fell on these people and that they weren't punished for sin. They, they were really just unlucky. They, they didn't die because they were horrible sinners. You know, there's things that we will suffer in life that we will suffer at the hands of someone else's sin. And the same is true. Our sin can help cause other people's suffering. Um, as we talked about in the beginning of the story, um, when we were summarizing the beginning, 36 men died in that attack of the city of Ai. It was not just his children and his possessions. There was 36 families that didn't have fathers, that didn't have husbands, because of this sin that he committed. And the same can happen for, for sins that we commit. It's not just major sins. Um, after all, Achan didn't, he didn't kill someone. He didn't do you know, something of that extent. He was just greedy. He just wanted some money, some possessions. But how many times, and how many times do we commit sins similar to this? You know, God commanded the children of Israel not to take anything um, from the city of Jericho that was his. And he also commands us to not hate our brother. He commands us to not covet what our neighbor has. Many, many commands in the scripture that we often find, our, that we often find ourselves not taking heed to when we are in moments of weakness. First John chapter 3, verse number 15 Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. How easy is it for us to have hate in our hearts and our, our minds for certain people that may do us wrong? How easy is it for us to violate the command in Matthew 5, 28? Whoever looks upon a woman and lusts after her in his heart has already committed adultery. There's so many um, commandments given to us throughout Scripture that that are easy and that we find ourselves falling short of. And the reality is no matter how large or small we may view a sin, it corrupts our lives and it hurts those people around us as well. Everyone here has people that love, that care about them, family, friends. <clears throat> and, and they suffer when we commit sin. Whether, whether, they, whether we see it or not, people that are suffering from sin um, put their loved ones and the ones that care about them through pain because more than anything, we all want to be in heaven together. And hindering that is putting other people through suffering. There's another thing that, that we can do uh, that our sin can result in that is going to make others suffer, and that is just a poor example. When we set a poor example um, in this life, we can cause people that may not know Christ to never find him. You know, we are supposed to be at that light, that city on a hill, and when we go out into the world and we do worldly things and we serve the flesh, people see that. And it, it, it can inhibit them from coming to Christ when they see that we are doing the things that everyone else in this world is doing. However, the, the most, I think, important lesson about sin that we see from the story of Achan and throughout Scripture is that sin separates us from God. And the the very first verse we read about the story of Achan said that when, jo when the Lord was talking to Joshua, that he had turned his back on them, that they could not take over their enemies without God on their side. And the same is true for us. If God isn't, if God isn't with us because we've separated ourselves from him because of sin, he's, <clears throat> he, we won't be able to inherit the blessings that come from him. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. 
Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. This is what is at the core of the destructive nature of sin in our lives. It separates us from God, and in reality, this should be what scares us the most about this story and about sin in general, that when God hides his face from us, um, it should be a truly terrifying thought. And the, the death that Achan suffered should show us that very clearly. And it's not just Achan. Um, all throughout Scripture, um, especially in the Old Testament, but even throughout the New Testament, we see examples of people that served the flesh that sinned and they were separated from God. Um, and both spiritual and physical consequences followed. I've listed a few here. We have Adam and Eve in the garden when they were cast out. Cain, after killing his brother, the flood, when the whole world was punished for sin. Uh, King Saul, King David, King Uzzah all suffered at the hands of their sin. They suffered consequences, both physically and spiritually. And the children of Israel, we're talking about in our story today, many and many times uh, gave in to idolatry, gave in to different sins, and suffered at the consequences of that. Um, and the, the most terrifying thing about these, this separation from God is where it results, where we will end up if we die separated from God. The punishment that Achan received will be a fraction of the punishment that we received if we um, leave this world or Jesus comes back and we have not became right with Christ and we still have to pay for our own sins. <clears throat> The things that we've discussed thus far, especially this aspect of not dying in sin, we all know this, and I believe we all um, see this throughout Scripture, and we've many of us known it most of our lives. But yet, in this world around us, and even amongst ourselves as Christians, we so easily fall into temptation. We so easily fall into sin at times when we are uh, in moments of weakness. And I think... Uh, Solomon uh, gives a great reason as to why and his wisdom that the Lord had given him. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse number 11, he says that because the sentence of, against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. You know, we did talk about for briefly that there's physical consequences of sin that we can't escape. And those may come quickly sometimes. But the truth is that a lot of times there's sin that we can commit and there won't be real consequences that are going to come immediately. And maybe nobody will know. Um, and a lot of sin that we commit, we could possibly even be rewarded. You know, see this in the world today. Many people who are willing and ready to cheat and do whatever they can to, to get ahead because uh, my, they have a mindset that if, it's, if they're not getting caught, if they're not hurting someone immediately, then it's all, it's all good because they're getting... They're gaining from it. But just as Achan committed uh, one, I mean, he made one massive mistake, we often do the same. He forgot that God knows all, that God sees all, and that God remembers all. We can see this in Numbers 32, 23. It talks about that God is going to remember our sins. He's going to punish us for them if we do not, if, we, if our sins are not paid for. And a day is coming when that will happen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 and verses 11. Verse 11. 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are well known to, to God, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. If we do not um, come to Christ, and we're going to get into that point right here next, but if we do not get our sins covered, when, we, when this last day comes, the things that we will have done and the things that we will account for are going to be the bad things. And we're going to suffer the terror of the Lord. And it's not, it's not something that anyone wants. Um, it's not a place that any of us want to be. And so this is, uh, and it's not a feel-good thing either. Um, but the, the importance of this and of this story and of reviewing things like this is to avoid that. You see, this fear, this terror is supposed to motivate us, not supposed to truly burden us down with fear, but it's supposed to motivate us to further flee sin and to further pursue righteousness. And the good news and the, the grace that we have and that we've sung about today, that we've thought about when we took of the Lord's Supper and that we will close with is that, that Christ has given us a chance. That Christ has given us a chance to not have to pay for our sins, but to have someone else pay for them. Let's look at the conclusion of the story of Achan. <clears throat> See, we can learn a quick lesson from this final verse <clears throat> that applies to, to Christ helping us and how Christ can save us from a, uh, the punishment that comes with sin. <clears throat> Joshua 7, verse number 26. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. The sin was removed, the sin was destroyed, and the Lord was turned away from his anger. God is a just God. He is going to have, there is going to be justice. But when sin is paid for, he will turn away from his anger. He will be merciful. <clears throat> In Hebrews chapter 10, it outlines Christ, how Christ has changed the old law, how the old law was imperfect, that every year sacrifice would need to be made because Sin could never truly be fully paid for with the sacrifices they were giving. And this, I think, really sums up and shows um, how important Christ is to us. And if we go back to right before Hebrews, right before Hebrews chapter 10, we see um, that Jesus has become the sacrifice that can pay for our sins, that can step in and that can take the suffering so that we don't have to suffer for our sins as Achan did. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 26 through 28. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. Christ has taken the suffering for us. He's given us an opportunity to not have to suffer ourselves. And this is the good news of the gospel that gives us hope, that gives us joy, that gives us a chance at eternal life, despite the mistakes we may have made. As I said, before we go into Hebrews 10, just to, for time's sake, we won't read everything, but we'll outline kind of what Hebrews 10 goes through, and then we'll get to the, important, the most important part that pertains to this 
lesson this afternoon. As I said, he, it talks about how he replaced the sacrifice that, of bulls and goats that couldn't really take away sin. They could, they could make this payment, but they had to be made over and over. And how we see here that Christ is a one-time sacrifice. And he is the only sacrifice that could be um, payment for our sins, that could be one sacrifice to bear the sins of many. And so the chapter continues and says that we need to take this sacrifice and, and not use it as an opportunity to live in sin that grace may abound, as Romans chapter 6 talks about, but rather to hold fast to our confession, to stir up one another to love and good works, not forsaking the assembly, to exhort one another, in short, to serve Christ, to serve his church, to serve our brothers and sisters, that this sacrifice should be a motivation and not something that we use as an excuse to live in sin. As we conclude, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. Hebrews 10, starting in verse number 26. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. But a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. It's important for us to realize how Christ's blood was the greatest gift ever given to us. That we don't have to have this fearful, we don't have to be terrified of that last day because of Christ. Because without him, we would, we would be terrified. This fearful judgment, this judgment would be a terrifying thing. Continuing verse 28, anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies on the mercy Mercy dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Excuse me. And we see this. Clearly represented in the story of Achan. He was killed. Once he was found guilty, him and his family, they were killed. But the reason that I, uh, the importance, the key of this lesson and of remembering these things this afternoon comes in verse number 29. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace. See, the writer of Hebrews tells us it's going to be far, far worse for those people, us today, that have this opportunity to come to Christ, to repent of our sins, to be buried with him in baptism and live life for him. It's going to be worse for us that decide not to do that and that trample underfoot the Son of God, than those people in Moses' time and under the law of Moses that died brutal deaths for, for transgressing the law. And finally, verses 30 through 31. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. There's going to come a day when each and every one of us will pay for the sins that we have committed unless Christ's blood covers us. We will stand before, the, before God, and if not, we will account for each sin we've committed ourselves. And the fear that, that comes when we think about Achan sitting in that valley um, as his family and himself is killed will be only a fraction of the fear that those who stand before God having to account for their own sins We'll fear we'll, we'll have in that last day thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast 
If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.